Hello and welcome to You Made Me Watch That, where two film studies professors aim to expand each other's cinematic knowledge, one recommendation at a time. I am your co-host Wickham Flanagan, and I am joined today by esteemed colleague, uh, co-worker, uh, special guest. Who are you? <laughs> I am the new co-host <laughs> and the producer, Ty Lanaku. Okay, thank you. And we are here to discuss, because we've both seen it, um, Colleen uh, is had no interest in watching this. He refuses to see it. And, and Tylon, you've already done a, another competitive podcast on this topic, but yeah. we are discussing Rings of Power. Unfortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately. Um, I think it's worth talking about a little bit, because it consumed yeah. our lives, Tylon. <laughs> Yeah, for like more how than many, eight hours. How many hours? Yeah, like at least ten hours. Yeah, at because, least because their each episode is over an hour long. Exactly. And it's Lord of the Rings, man. Um, it's it's money. It's money. We we it is money. They threw a bunch of money at it. So much money, <laughs> and you can see some of it. Um, we we were just talking about going to see Avatar. I mean. <coughs> Avatar, in a similar way, you you kind of want to see it just because of the investment, because of the the time that was put into the effects of Avatar, the the fact that it was delayed, um, the fact that James Cameron's a weird perfectionist, technical perfectionist, and mm-hmm. and it's also an original property. It doesn't matter that the first Avatar, um, you know, was you know kind of just known for its technical aspects. It was also one of the it is the highest grossing movie of all time but it's also like a sense of like obligation to go see the big money you know blockbuster crazy nonsense and i think with rings of power the reason i bring that up is rings of power i felt a similar responsibility of like Mm -hmm. not to support amazon and everything (laughs) it does but to um um to just see what the heck they invested in um it's nearly one billion dollars with the uh, pr money yes and that's a lot of money that's that's more money than i've seen some amount of money i mean we we both you know have made some productions you know podcasting is relatively cheap but um you know think about what we could do with a billion dollars tylon i'm scared to even consider probably gamble it away if, if you're <laughs> yeah. thinking of me um i would probably not do too much with it a lot of video game collector's editions <laughs> or various so other like things you would have like 999 million <laughs> that's true left even um, more than that i am thinking of buying there is like a special deluxe edition of uh, lord of the rings ironically enough that i'm considering <laughs> buying for um a lev even though she might listen to this podcast anyway yeah you might want to buy amazon stocks maybe I'm gonna buy it off Amazon, <laughs> so so it's all it's all full circle. You should buy it and then you should just bury it. <laughs> so. Yeah, and then re, uh, you know resell it later. Yeah, <laughs> after the Armageddon. Um, Rings of Power. By the way, I want you to plug your podcast before I forget. You you also have another podcast. Yeah, we have another podcast with my friend Tunjar Haydarlar. Um, it's in Turkish. Yes. It's called TNT, Tunjar and Thailand, Pretty Basic. Uh, we publish it on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, where we talk about just recent stuff. Like we did an episode on Rings of Power. It was the first episode. Um, we did House of the Dragon. We talked about Andor, Rogue One. Kind of things that you all are already watching that yeah. you know that we're not probably going to talk about, except for Rings of Power, ironically yeah. enough. But um, <laughs> it, do you all play the ACDC song, TNT? or so, no? no. Okay. We don't that might be that. a copyright violation. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, I, was, uh, I wanted you to mention that, um, even Thank though you. you're directly stealing our revenue. But anyway. <laughs> um, My revenue. <laughs> You've already, so my point is you've you've had you've had this discourse yeah. uh, on Rings of Power already. Um, I was just curious before we get into it, like what is your relationship with Lord of the Rings in general as a property? Well, I've read the books. Yeah, um, I've read Silmarillion. I've read the uh, okay. trilogy, but it was like uh, when I read Silmarillion, it was like eighty eight years ago. So by the time I started seeing the show, when they started releasing the episodes, the first two episodes uh, released at the same time. I nearly forgot a lot of the stuff. So yeah. I was remembering as I was 
watching the show. But yeah, I wouldn't say that. I mean, I'm pretty confident in my um, George R. R. Martin universe knowledge, but I wouldn't say the same for uh, the Lord of the Rings. But I still dig it a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you've invested in it. Yeah. yeah. Did you? Um, so I I've only read The Hobbit. I have not really returned to the the trilogy. I think I really got bogged down. This was like in. I mean, I don't even know if this was even middle school. I think this was elementary school. Mm-hmm. So I really have not returned to it, um, but I think it was I got bogged down in the the family tree of hobbits in Fellowship, and I was just <laughs> like, "What the heck? Just get to the." <laughs> and it was just his Bilbo's party, and I was just kind of like, I, "This is it. It it works in the movie, but in the book, I think I really would have appreciated starting with the. Um, uh, I was going to say Dementors, uh, <laughs> the the Nazgul. Um, <laughs> Uh, just because that would have really gotten me going. Um, but I do, uh, uh, my wife is a huge Lord of the Rings fan. She has done similarly to what you have, and she's sort of retained all of the knowledge seemingly from the Cimmerillion, from everything, and just uh, craves it, loves it, loves Peter Jackson. Yeah. And um, having re- re- recently rewatched the trilogy um, with my mom, who had not seen it, which was very exciting. Um, and I, I sort of knew this, but uh, Return of the King, the, the movie, was always sort of my personal favorite for a while, yeah. just because it was very epic, and I like elephants. Yeah, um, I'd say the same. <laughs> but, elephants crushing horses. And ghost people, and and just a nice culmination. Yeah. Um, but uh, recently, I've really come to, uh, come to appreciate fel- uh, Fellowship. I think Fellowship is is more of a masterpiece in the sense that it really has to set up so much. It has to yeah. get you to buy into this world, the the pacing of it, the the character introductions. It's it's more I think impressive as a film. And the only reason Return of the King works as well as it does is cuz of how good Fellowship is. True. Um even though Return of the King is very sad, maybe more satisfying because it's the the yeah. conclusion, right? The fellowship is like, well, I guess we have two more movies to go. Yeah, the fellowship um, was for me like I seen it recently again uh, during the summer. I appreciate the same thing because like it's nearly three hours long, and by the time you finish it, so much stuff happens. Yes, and it's and it. it and it's never boring. It's 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 dark. It's yeah. It, it's um. It, it, all the characters become instantly sort of endearing. Yeah. Um, I love the Minds of Moria bit because that's just, that's like second act 101 of just like, we're going to throw our heroes in a really awful situation. And yeah. it's so the introduction unsettling. Of, the introduction yeah. of Balrog. The Balrog, which we'll get into with yeah. Rings of Power. <laughs> um, and yeah, so. That is my kind of touchstone. We recently did the episode on like best films of all time on our yeah. list, and Fellowship would be right up there, probably of just like technical achievement and uh, adaptation. I think it's it's mm-hmm. pretty brilliant. Um, casting, obviously, yeah. All of these people who cast these things, you know, deserve a medal. But that brings us to, I guess, uh, what, for real quick, what did you think of the Hobbit trilogy? <laughs> Um, I wouldn't say that I enjoyed it a lot because the Hobbit story shouldn't take more than yes films. But it was three films. There's a greed component to that trilogy. Yeah. I mean, Peter Jackson probably thought, you know, I mean, we we were already, like, doing trilogy stuff. Might as well just do another one. Del Toro was... uh, That's so sad. Del Toro was done dirty. He talks about it. Have you ever watched an interview with Del Toro talking about it? Uh, talking about Hobbit? Yeah, he no. his plans for The Hobbit. No. He was originally in, in talks to make it, and he had done all this pre-production work. Oh. And he talks about it. He's like, I had to scrap it like it was my child. He, he's like, I I had to abandon it. And it, 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 it's like he took a, it took a piece of him out. And he's, he's had that. Del Toro's had that happen with a lot of projects, unfortunately. And Peter Jackson was like, I guess I'll do it. If you look at any behind the scenes of The Hobbit, Peter Jackson just looks really miserable and depressed. Um, except with some exceptions, like when they're shooting um, the Gollum scenes really, really yeah. good. Um, and I think 
in general, the Hobbit's okay. I just remember a, a behind-the-scenes footage where Jan McKellen is frustrated mm-hmm. with working with CGI. Yeah, and he breaks down. Yeah, he was so upset. Uh, that's literally like the opposite of Fellowship because, like yeah. I said, Fellowship, you watch it and, wow, like so many stuff happens. And then you see Hobbit, it's just three kind of movies. <laughs> what happened? They Not a lot of stuff. Why does it hurt so much? <laughs> because it was real. It was real love. That's some good writing. That's my favorite quote. Because I, I, I love doing this with like epic fantasy things of just, well, you mentioned Game of Thrones. Like I watched the first season of Game of Thrones. I watched the last <laughs> season of Game of Thrones. So I had no context of what the hell was going on. And then with uh, Hobbit, I watched the first Hobbit movie and watched the second, uh, the third Hobbit film. So all of the romance with the dwarf, I had no idea what was going on. And so when she, <laughs> when she breaks down and starts crying, I found that really, because it's such a terrible line. Yeah. And it, and uh, lady, but, you just met <laughs> met the guy. <laughs> they literally just met in yeah. my version uh, of the trilogy. <laughs> Though I hear Desolation of Smog, you get more time with Smog, and he's yeah. one of the better parts, Benedict Cabbage Patch, and mm-hmm. um, um, and yeah, I I enjoyed Martin Freeman. Yeah, but yeah, it it stretched way too thin, which brings us to Rings, Rings of, of Power. Power. So I, I, I just want to ask, uh, I mean, it's clear what we think about the whole show, whole season, but I would like to get your reaction because you finished it very recently. I finished it like yeah, maybe like two months ago when it was finished. Uh, <laughs> like normal people normal would watch it? No. <laughs> we right had, after the release of the final episode. We I had to stagger it a bit because of Atlas because it does get pretty yeah. violent there at the end. True. A lot of people getting stabbed casually in the face and various other things. But anyway. How'd you like it? (laughs) Well, I um with the mate I like these kind of pithy two word reviews with like um Matrix Four, I said it was frustratingly interesting. Yeah, we talked about that. And um with this I said uh fascinatingly mediocre. Yes. Yes. (laughs) The fact that you could put all this money, all this time All of this relative talent, I don't, I don't, I, I don't want to crap on it too much in the sense that a lot of people worked on this, and there's a lot of stuff about it that is very impressive, mm-hmm. but it it culminates into this giant whatever, and it, yeah. it, it's it's almost more of a whatever than the Hobbit because the what the Hobbit you can really perceive how it could be fixed very easily. Yes. It's like, okay, keep this cast, you know, the the dwarf guy's cool, Bilbo's well cast, but um, just keep it, just take out one of the movies. And There's a direct solution to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, and Peter Jackson's not, you know, he's not slumming it. I mean, there's elements of it that are pretty lazy, but um, it's not like, you know, I can pinpoint anything except for the... Why did it hurt so much? I can't yeah. pinpoint anything wrong with the scripts per se, mm-hmm. um, but Rings of Power it it it's just <laughs> I would <clears throat> I think it starts off pretty well. <clears throat> Excuse me, um, and I, I understand maybe that's not a, a popular opinion, but I think you're initially you're just sort of hit with the production value of it. Yeah. The Elven Kingdom, if you can provide any sort of words, uh, like proper names for any of these things. Linden. Okay, thank you. Because <laughs> I don't remember any of... I remember Gladriel. Yeah. She's she's our major character. Um, Elrond, who is played by that guy, who looks like a young Quentin Tarantino, who is in The Empty Man mm-hmm. as a creepy cultist. Creepy cultist. So it's really cool to see him as... An actual nice person as Elrond, mm-hmm. um, and Galadriel is played by the woman from Saint Maud. So someone in casting just looked at a bunch of indie horror films and cast this Lord of the Rings TV show, which I found very strange. Um, but just like man, they're just hanging out at these Elven cities, and they're just check out this set, check out this set. Check out this There's CGI a- city. <laughs> uh, we're going to have a somewhat interesting conversation, uh, you know. And 
And I guess initially you're just kind of swept up in that, and you're not really thinking about it. And I think a lot of the things they set up are interesting. I like it when um, Galadriel abandons the idea of going back to heaven, basically. Uh, Valinor. Yes. That is a very creepy, well-executed scene where Valinor is treated like... Valinor. Valinor is treated like giving up, basically. Everyone's like ascending, and she jumps out of the boat. I thought that's that's a cool idea. Like, mm-hmm. um, and I think we can both agree the highlight of the whole show is the relationship between Elrond and da- uh, Durin. Durin, yeah. Uh, elf and dwarf uh, bromance. Prince Durin. Which is very sweet, and and they have great chemistry, and they sort of acknowledge, like, in that first episode, they acknowledge, like, the time disparity where the elf doesn't think much time has passed between hanging out with him. Yeah, the perception of time, the difference between them. Really cool cool idea with elves and dwarves. Like, how would that friendship manifest? That might be a problem. Um, And they, they just had really easy going, like, I think the the Elrond guy, you know, is given a more stiff, you know, persona, but mm-hmm. I think he's really, there's a real sense of sweetness to their relationship throughout the whole, the whole season, emotionally. But unfortunately, Tylan, that's like one of like five stories that are happening concurrently yes. with each other. Yes. And so whenever it cuts back to them, you're like, oh, this is nice. And then it will cut away. It's just some random nonsense. And so... One reason I also want to say why I think those first two episodes um, are maybe better, at least for me, is they're directed by J.A. Boyena. Uh, we have to check that. But I would say the same with the first two episodes because I, I benched them when they were first released. And uh, I talked to my friend, Tunja, who we did the podcast with. Um he also said, like, it was kind of good. Like, we were being cautious with it, but we were, like, not that bad, you know? And the and the set pieces are fun. Like, the big yeah. kind of action pieces in that <clears throat> second episode, there's a water serpent thing, a giant water monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's a very creepy scene with a with an orc where it's handled like a horror movie. Um, Jay... Bayona, excuse me, mm-hmm. who directed The Orphanage, one of my favorite, another horror movie connection. Um, he also, unfortunately, directed Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Oh, yeah, we were just talking about it just before the recording. <laughs> That's the third one. Um, he directed oh, yeah, yeah. the second one. True, true. Um, and he is a very, very good director. Unfortunately, he seems to be a part of some sort of corporate enterprise, which, you know, you got to make your money. But yeah, The Orphanage was, he's like a prodigy, I want to say, apprentice or whatever, of... Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo del Toro hmm. produced The Orphanage. Executive producer produced it. Have you seen The Orphanage? No. An incredibly scary, empathetic horror film. Um, also dealing with, like, children. But anyway, um, he directed those first two episodes, or at least was involved uh, in the initial batch. And then he goes away. He doesn't direct <laughs> much after that. And that's when the quality starts to um, fade away. Fade away, and you really feel like they're stretching it out. And it's that so classic TV show problem, I guess. But you really feel it. I mean, in this one you could maybe justify it by saying that I mean it's going to be a long show, so we're just taking our time. But it's not even that. Like you just have to have some sort of payoff. But you just wait. For like so many episodes, past the midpoint of the season, and you're like underwhelmed with everything. You don't. After the fifth episode, I was even like, okay, I don't even care what happens next. Yeah, because it really feels like it's wasting your time, and it's, yeah. it's, and I, and I think the Bible, which if you don't know, like the Bible for a TV show, screenwriter's Bible, um, is like your mapping out of the different episodes, like what will happen in a a season of a TV show. I think the Bible for Rings of Power is actually pretty good, where the plot points, where characters go, what their motivations are from a overarching season Mm -hmm. perspective 
is not bad. There's some good setups and payoffs. Mm -hmm. Everything kind of fits together, or at the very least is building to something that will happen in season two. It's more that that Bible, I feel like, was for like five episodes. And then they, and then someone up top said, well, we have to make this eight. So we really need to make <laughs> one of these five, uh, like three episodes or something. I, mean, I guess we can make three more. I know. guess we can do that. We have the money, I guess. Um, and so, and it's mostly that we're going between these different stories. I don't know if you want to set all these up, but it's Galadriel hanging out with an Aragon yeah. knockoff who has a <laughs> bit of... Rant. Halbrand, who has a bit of a payoff, which we'll talk about. Yeah. Um, we have the Harfoots, which are knockoff uh, uh, hobbits. Hobbits. It's a lot of knockoffs. It's like a. It's this is a really apt comparison. It's like a made-for-TV Lord of the Rings thing, <laughs> but it's better production value because it's made for streaming but it still has that feel of like the knockoff brand Lord of the Rings. No, they're actually a. Uh like tribe of hobbits, they're hobbits, but they're a different tribe. They're living in misty mountains, uh, but like you, could, you could maybe call them as their as the ancestor of yes. Hobbits. They have big feet. Yeah, they have big feet and big hearts. Uh, sure. <laughs> and again, I I don't want to discredit any of the actors. the The entire time I was watching it, all of these actors are getting their big breaks for, because of this. Mm -hmm. All of them. They're all relatively unknown. They're all super excited to be there. Yes. And and I and I appreciate that. I really do. Yep. And I and I'm happy for them. Because you gotta you gotta break in when you can. But the Harfoot stuff, so they 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 hang out with this giant man and I mean, I don't know how much of this you wanna spoil. Who appears in the uh at the end of the first episode. Who is fallen from the stars, which ties into the lore yeah. of Lord of the Rings, this kind of star angel-based people. Not really, though. Not it, really. It, yeah, I, I will get to that. I'll explain why. Uh, Lev pointed out that the timeline for all of this is a bit sketchy. Yes. Uh, since you mentioned that, we uh, talked about it with Tunjad. I also think the same still. Like, I've seen the, some, of, some of the episodes uh, twice. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Why? I mean, Why would you podcasting is our job right nowadays, <laughs> so we have to suffer through it. Um, <laughs> Jeez. Um, basically, like the whole—I mean, there's a lot of problems with the show, right? We, yeah, we haven't yeah. really gone into that yet, except yeah. for it being overly long. Yeah. But anyway, but the the concept of time doesn't <laughs> exist in the whole show. Like, you can't. For example, in Andor. Yeah. Uh, I'm just gonna give a random example. There's a scene where you know, uh, you know, I, I would just say cops because I forgot the terminology. They're saying like, "Oh, we're ten minutes away." They're literally ten minutes away. After ten minutes, you see them arriving at a stage because there's time. There's there's this perception of time, and you can follow follow through it, but you get these jump cuts from place to another place. Because it's constantly cutting around all of these yeah. like five different plots because, that are happening. Yeah, they have to you know, yeah. show those, but you don't know what is happening when. You're just... Or if things are happening it. concurrently. Yeah, you don't know anything about the timeline. and There's some stuff yeah. with the... They tie it a little bit with the volcano, without going too much into it. Oh, yeah. There's like some overlap with how that affects the environment, but not really, and yeah. it's still confusing. It is. Um, there's a whole thing with the elves dying, and you're like, really? Uh, there's <laughs> some sort of ticking clock with this tree, and you're like, what? <laughs> like, there's, That's sad. <laughs> it's so metaphorical that it's hard to really wrap your head like, okay, so... The leap, like they're still elves, like, they're, like what? Are they all gonna just fall over when the tree loses its leaves? No, like you have no can, frame of reference. Can, their what, light is fading away. I don't understand what that means. <laughs> and I'm, and uh, granted, I'm not, you know, invested in the light quite as much. But um, so stuff like that, yeah, that's meant to be a ticking clock element. But I have no frame of reference as what kind of time yes. we're talking about here. Um, but anyway. Uh, 
so anyway, that there's the Harfoots, there's the the elf guy with his hot, hot lady friend. Uh, uh, Eldrond? No. Elf uh, guy? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the elf guy. Come on. Elf guy. The, the badass elf guy. The, the clearly oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, more yeah, yeah. physically adept elf sure, guy sure. who... Uh, Arondir. Uh, who, as an actor, you can tell... Ismail Cruz Cordova. Is a trained... Uh, just like Hello. I don't know if he's a stunt guy, but he's a uh, he's doing his own stunts in a lot of the scenes. Did you notice that? No. There's really? a part later on where he falls off a roof, and he's he is the one falling off of that roof. Um, That's impressive. Yeah. So I was generally impressed. Like it's a lot of slow mo sort of stuff that he's doing, uh, mm -hmm. but uh, I think he is doing. He's he's clearly a very good action actor. Yeah, I think he was, he was in cast the for Mandalorian. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, he's hanging out with his hot lady friend who wears the same outfit for the, again, time. Mm -hmm. uh, she wears the same sort of like milkmaid adjacent outfit for the entire season. Yeah. Um, and, and Eleven, I kept going, man, she really fighting. needs to wash those clothes. Like she's, yeah. she's really going to get really disgusting. <laughs> and th this is what, <laughs> this is the kind of thing that you think about because you're bored. Um, uh, but his, some of the action that he did was cool. He's not a bad character. I liked his armor. He has like a weird, yeah. like, um, I don't know, statuesque mm -hmm. kind of stone-looking armor. He's dealing with some orc stuff. And then what else is there? Harfoot's elf guy, the other elf people. Numenor. N Numenor. Who's that? Oh, oh the, the other thing. Yeah. <laughs> And this yeah. is where we get to the major problem. So I think so. Galadriel and the Aragon knockoff. Yeah. They go to Numenor, and they just interact with a bunch of really, really boring people. And it's like the show has to introduce so many new characters, and it it really feels like the producer's son uh, shows up and like characters show up that have no reason to be there. And the show, and this is what, if I can pinpoint very specifically what the issue with the writing, outside of it being too long, there is a, there is a perception on my behalf of arrogance to the writing of like, you as an audience will care about this person. Yes. You will care because I'm a really good screenwriter. You are going to care about Isildur randomly even though he has no reason to be there, exactly. you're going to care about him. You're going to care about his relationship with his family. You're going to care about this other random person. You're going to care about this other random person. And it's it's perceived as arrogance because it, it feels like the screenwriter is, it's like, it's like uh, challenging our intelligence of like, no, I don't care. Stop making me think that I should care. Uh, and it, it, you want to talk about the dialogue? Let's get to the dialogue. the dialogue. And this is when this this part really comes into focus because this is when it's all feeding into the mediocrity of this is when they have to stretch it out. So there's more yeah. dialogue with characters that are not Galadriel, that are not Elrond, that are not the people that you initially care about. Um, and what kind of dialogue is it, Tywin? <laughs> it's just, I mean, there are a lot of Mr. and Mrs. exposition. yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> I mean, there is a, you know, uh, there is this prophecy that, you know, darkness will come to Numenor, but you just <laughs> learn it from an old guy and who used to be the king, but he, he can't perform his duties anymore. And you just find out those things with just boring, you know, lazy Dialogue. You shouldn't be introducing characters and prophecies yes. and stuff by the fourth episode of, like, halfway through. You can't do that. Yeah. You, you have to set up, like, sure, okay, Harfoot's over here, uh -huh. um, Gladry over here, uh, you know, like, they're already spreading themselves thin, is what I'm yes. trying to say. And then you feel like you have to introduce a whole society's worth of people yeah. who are all interminably yeah. dull. And again, I don't blame the actors at all. Yeah. Especially, I think, the the dad of uh, Isildur. 
uh, Erendil. Yeah, he was he was a compelling screen presence. This kind of crusty yeah. general man, but it's the dialogue, yeah. Tylon. When it's not exposition, it's like them like quoting poetry or scripture from yeah. the era of Tolkien adjacent or nonsense and and it's all meant to make us feel like oh this matters what they're saying this yeah. really means a lot this quote from some random That's thing one of the things that bugged me the most is is trying to get your attention by reminiscing about the OG series yes. OG trilogies so that i think that's a problem because it's it's not about those trilogies it's a whole another production and it's another time it's the second age and like you get these for example the uh like already it's a problem with the the whole question the big question of the season who is sauron like well that, we'll talk about that that <laughs> I don't know. That he's, shouldn't, he's, be, that shouldn't he, be a thing that... Right. You know. But again, it, it undermines, and I agree with you, especially with the, the Gandalf connection. Yeah. But that feels like just total fan service. But the, the stuff that I enjoyed initially was the stuff that felt fresh and felt new, mm -hmm. which was the exploring this heaven of elves, exploring this relationship of this elf with this dwarf, yeah. treating orcs like horror movie villains like it was all sort of a fresh take on the kinds of things that we had seen before or fresh plot lines within that universe and then yeah it's just like as soon as the aragon knockoff showed up i'm like Hal really Brand. really but there's a they do there's something a, with Halbrand. there is a twist then, so there is a twist with Halbrand, which so is he's not, not quite the really same. like we'll talk about that good twist but yeah We'll talk about that. <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, so, so yeah, it's mo it's mostly yeah around episode four or five when they go to Numenor. Yeah, and I think it was specifically episode five where all they do the entire episode is discuss whether or not to get on a boat and sail, <laughs> and it's it just goes on and on, and it's all of these like rousing speeches, and it becomes comical because. They go from one rousing speech about how we need to get on the boat. Mm -hmm. And then in the very next scene, they have another rousing speech about why they shouldn't go on the boat. And in the next episode, they have another rousing speech. And you're, you're like, <laughs> it, it really does feel like, and I, I made this point of comparison, it really feels like the kind of screenwriting behind the final episode of Sherlock. <laughs> <laughs> Where they they just feel like they were nailing it. They're like, oh, there's so much tension and drama and suspense and intrigue and ooh, the boat is blown up, but but maybe it isn't. But then this other guy's involved. But then the, the and and they couldn't see the forest for the trees. They could not see how back to back how it all just makes no sense. The audience doesn't care about any of these people. Anything, <laughs> and they're just wasting our time. Yes. It just looks like a first draft. Yes. <laughs> and all you're sitting there doing is appreciating, man, the scenery. The, the scenery, yeah. <laughs> oh, the wind effects on them when they're in the CGI boats. They look really nice. And the armor, man, they polish that armor. No, I, th I, I disagree with that. The armor of those <laughs> Numenor soldiers was bad. They looked like... <laughs> I didn't really pay Cardboards. attention. <laughs> you didn't pay attention. I was so I was so bored. I was so checked out. It, they were cutting to like a seal door, going like, "I want to sail," and I'm like, <laughs> "You're gonna be a horse master then." <laughs> yeah, or that that's another uh, the timeline, the chronology. This is supposed to be taking place like billions and bi not billions, but <laughs> so many years before Lord of the Rings. And yeah. a seal door is a very known name in the lore. Yes. Elendil as well, and he's just like a kid. Played by the boy mm -hmm. from Mr. Bean's Holiday. Mr. Bean's Holiday. Max Baldry. Yes. Who um, Alev recognized. Oh. She was like, because she loves Mr. Bean, and she because he has very kind of soulful eyes, uh -huh. and she recognized him from as the boy. from. And I said, Alev, how did you, how did you do that? <laughs> um, again, no offense against him. Big break. Big character. But, sure. like, who gives a flying... 
you know, <laughs> fart nugget or whatever. Um, and so this is where you the disillusionment sets in. Yeah. I think we watched episode five, and we just took a really long break <laughs> from the show. Yeah, I remember that. You were like, I'm at episode six for like three weeks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you couldn't get to it. And I was like... Because like, we just didn't care, you know? Yeah. All of, like you said, all of the... You don't... Ma- here you go. Are you, are you ready? Yeah. All the wind was out of our sails. Oh. Boating, boating connection. Nice. Thank you. Nice, Thank nice you. one. There's applause. I'm, I'm hearing hypothetical applause. Yeah, I'm going to add a drum roll here. <laughs> but Or I'm going to do it myself. Thank you. Um, and so, yeah, we, we took a long break, and then we came back to it, and the ending was okay. <laughs> It got better. That's, that's the podcast. <laughs> it got better. Um, there's, there's some. It got better, really? I think so. Yeah, I the mean, stuff was happening. Maybe it's just because of the payout. Like it, the first, I mean, other than the first two episode, episode three, four, and five are just so underwhelming that you maybe like appreciate the. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you, you appreciate stuff yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah. There are so something is happening. Yeah. There are plot holes. A lot. Do you want to get into spoilers now? Sure. Because we're talking about the final sure. last chunk here. Yeah, yeah. So spoilers for Rings of Power. Some of these spoilers are somewhat interesting. Some of them are not. Yeah. And some of them make no sense. <laughs> um, first of all, so they get on the damn boats. And uh. they suddenly know exactly where the one little town in the south is going to be attacked. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, how the hell and did when? they know that was so comical. Of it was like uh, Birth of a Nation. Yeah, <laughs> they just ripped off Birth of a Nation. It, it's cutting <laughs> to, which is a great movie to rip off, by the way. Uh, that was sarcasm. They they cut to the village, and then they cut to the horses riding in to yeah. save the day. And I'm like, how do you know where there's trouble? You just got off the boat. Yeah. Before that, though, we talked about time. Yes. So. <laughs> When the village is being attacked by the orcs, you know, the orcs are coming. Adar is coming, the uh, leader of the I orcs. liked Adar, by the way. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. again, cool I agree. character. A well lot acted. of people thought it was Sauron. Yeah, but, but uh, it wasn't. Too, it was revealed yeah. way too early. So, like, um, Ad- Adar is coming with the orcs, and you can, like, count the seconds. Hours are passing by. <laughs> and then... <laughs> Our our heroes from Numenor are coming like <laughs> with sails up, and you know like that journey should have should have taken them like weeks, but hours are passing. They had really fast boats, yeah, <laughs> and big as well because five hundred horses show up out of nowhere. Oh my god! I didn't even think of the horses. Where the frick did they get those horses? I they mean, just they recruited ha- all of them. They they had time to build like a fort. Too, if you remember, they have like a little fort encampment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about the horses. It's just like, like, yeah. You, you, you said it uh, like a couple of minutes ago. <laughs> it doesn't tell you anything, so that you just start to realize those, yeah, those stuff. You, that you get bogged down in the details because you're yeah. bored. Except you when being Durin and Elrod are talking to each other, yeah. and then you're kind of going, "Oh, that's Aww. sweet." <laughs> <laughs> You're just sort of like swept up in there, in the sweet bromance. But the um, oh god, I didn't even think about the horses. Someone else pointed out. I watched a, a video on it before this to prepare. Someone else pointed out that they put everyone, the the women and children, and the old people, in a in a at a house. But then they yeah. decided to burn down the town <laughs> as part of their defense strategy, and uh, they didn't think like, oh, maybe the house that's in the town where they're putting the people yeah. might also get burned yeah um perhaps it's it's, it's like the final uh ep- final of game of thrones the uh the long night episode. yeah yeah, yeah. they referenced they, they were they were in the crypt but they were fighting dead people who was uh <laughs> who were also in the crypt yeah. yeah they pointed out that that uh similarity as well um also so when we talk about the neat picky stuff like like I said, you start to notice a lot of yes. stuff, especially when the fighting starts. They have a plan with uh, with our elf, who was it, uh, Arandir. Like, they're planning some stuff. They're yeah. not trying to, like, run away or, you know, accept their fate. They're fighting, and they're, there's a lady fighting an orc uh, who was, I'm going to say, Bronwyn. 
Um, the woman who never changes her outfit. Yes. Yes. And who has a son as well uh, named Theo. I, I was so scared that Theo was going to be a major part in Sauron's reveal. He, he kind of was, but still. Um, Bronwyn kills an orc like five meters away from the orc pack. Uh-huh. And then she screams. <laughs> <laughs> and there is no other sound. There's just fire. Yeah, the orcs not even are... fire. The fire didn't even start. They, no, didn't, no, no. they didn't start yeah, yeah. the ambush. Ambush. The orcs don't, don't even notice. notice. Yeah, and then she puts a very slow moving fire carriage down a hill. Yeah, <laughs> as like some sort of attack. Yeah, and the orcs just watch it as they're. But they're not the orcs. That's another twist that doesn't oh. make any sense. Yeah, because there's like a few strategic orcs, but then it's revealed that they're humans. Yes. And you're like, wait, that doesn't that does not check out because they all sounded like orcs, they all look like orcs, mm-hmm. and then the orcs come out of the woods and fire some arrows. Again, some cool stunts. There's the elf falling off the roof. There's some like good practical stunt work. <laughs> um, some fun actiony stuff here and there, and I do really like the Mount Doom thing. That was cool because they Obviously. set up early on that these orcs are building these trenches, and you're mm-hmm. like, "What the hell are these trenches for?" And then you realize that it's to to conveniently put this MacGuffin in a bridge, which that is stupid. Um, but it's a clever sort of uh, you know twist, and our, we realize that our heroes are in danger, and the visuals of the fiery hellscape. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my God! Oh, Tylon. Though, here's a really, oh my God, <laughs> I just remembered this. Do you remember how they revealed that it's Mordor? Um, do you remember how I they do that? I don't recall. There's a reason why. It's one of the dumbest things. <laughs> so it would have been dumb if they did it correctly, but they, they messed it up. So what's his name, the evil elf man? Uh, Adar. Adar is like, this is a place for our homeland. Mm-hmm. We need to come up with a different name. <laughs> To call. Oh yeah, and you're expecting him to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or, you know, just some <laughs> dumb reveal of the line, right? And you're like, that's kind of cheesy, exposition. but whatever. <laughs> Instead, they they put up the Southlands yes. title, they cross it off mm-hmm. or burn it, and then Mordor replaces Appears, it. Appears, yeah. Who thought that that was like an epic way to reveal that, like? There's a cheesy movie way to do it, and you couldn't yeah. even do that right. It just that, like I said, like it's just trying to rip off the original trilogy because if you didn't see the original ones, right, that doesn't make sense for you. No, no, you can't get anything out of it. You're it's like, just, oh, sure, whatever, Mordor. Yeah, why not? Okay, dark magic. Ooh. <laughs> he changed the map. <laughs> that that's just it. Like nothing happens, and also. Uh, that's the first point where we realize Adar is not friends with Sauron or is not serving Sauron. And that is one of the better BS meaningful conversations yeah. is when Adar is saying, like, you know, my, my children, are they have a heartbeat. They're wor- they're, they are worthy of living just as much as you are. And mm-hmm. I was like, who wrote this? Lo-? Like, again, something a little bit different. A mm-hmm. different perspective on the orcs, a different perspective of the villainy here. Yeah, his whole vibe was different too, of just kind of, kind of sad, and a pathetic brooding kind of brooding, man. sad villain who is just put up, has this duty that he has to uphold um, to uh, for his people, basically, uh, even though they're gross. Um, but that's just one fleeting conversation amongst. 50 BS just talking about nothing, yeah. emotional gobbledygook. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, so the volcano goes off, which is a very cool visual. Um, Galadriel just kind of standing there and it, it like, taking the hits. Yeah, I thought that was that was a cool little thing. Uh-huh. And the the sooty um, environment after that, though, a sealed door nonsensically. Again, his character is lost. terrible. He falls into a house. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what happened, but it was so stupid. I was like, okay, I guess that's him. It for him. I know they're setting up some great thing in season two sure. where oh, that you you can't even imagine what they're preparing for season two. Okay, they say they say Sauron will be like 
Walter White, a great He's character. gonna make meth? <laughs> yeah, he's gonna make meth and sell it to <laughs> Middle Earth. That's the whole evil plan. He's gonna shave his head. Dark Lord. Yeah. Um <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, he doesn't shave his head, right? I, I have no idea what no, no, Walter no. White is going through. No. Um I've never watched Breaking Bad. Um That's a shame. <laughs> I'm watching Rings of Power instead, Tylon. Yeah. Um so let's get to the final bit here. Um I feel like we have we have <laughs> we have gone through this so the <laughs> reveal of red. Sauron. Yes. So I thought that was very well handled mm-hmm. until it wasn't. Uh cuz it, it it trusted our intelligence slightly. Mm-hmm. Because we we were basically one step ahead of Gladriel figuring it out. So yeah. Halbrand goes and talks to Celebrimbor, who is doing something with this Mithril, and he's like weirdly excited to talk to him. He's weirdly recovered from his wounds, yeah. and he's saying like, "Why don't you make something like this?" Blah blah blah. And, and he's advising to the like the, the right. legendary blacksmith Celebrimbor, and you, you and Celebrimbor is like weirdly taken with him. Yeah, he's enthusiastic. And immediately we're like, okay, that's that's odd. That's an odd. And but because the show has been bad <laughs> at very key <laughs> moments before this, in terms of like characters being in places and figuring things out uh, to move the story along, you're not thinking too much of it. But then Celebrimbor says something like, "It will give us control over what is flesh and not the flesh, or something." Yes, flesh over flesh. And 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 Galadriel and the audience. It's just a nice shot of Galadriel going, "What? Why would you? That's a weird thing for you to say." Yeah. And then and then Eleven and I figured it out. And we're like, oh, that's cool. And Halbrand says something to Galadriel like, um, I, I will let everyone know that you help me, Galadriel. And and it's just this nice little it's a nice little thing. And so basically, those of you who've watched it know Halbrand is Sauron. And his sort of Aragon cosplay is a deliberate sort of uh, red herring mm-hmm. by the writers to make us think it's one thing when it's not. Yeah, he, and I thought that was cool. He looked like Aragorn a lot because he was yes. like the uh, the heir of Southlands. Right. And like... Uh, Forgotten king, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he was yeah. exiling, exiling yes. himself, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, it just... And she goes on this whole quest to convince life. him to go back. So he's basically yeah. Sauron who's like, look, I... I really sucked last time. I just want to make stuff in this other place <laughs> and lay low. And Gladriel's like, no, you need to be not knowing it. But she's like, you need to be the major villain of this TV show. And he goes, <laughs> yeah. okay. And then and then he shows up and he has this nice thing where he plays with her mind and mm-hmm. he goes in and he is personifying her brother. So that's a nice connection to the first episode. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you you said you realized that it was Sauron when he was talking to Celebrimbor. Yeah, yeah. I realized it when he talked to Adar. He said, "Remember me." Yeah, that was like the the most goofiest. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the most video gamey stuff I've ever seen on a TV show. Like. I mean, I think I was still riding the high of thinking about uh-huh. the orcs as real people. By the way, we have to mention the last episode starts off not with the uh, uh, the credits. This, it starts off with the scene where our um, the stranger fights with some ladies. Yeah, you know, I like the look yeah, of that one ladies. lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the big eyes. A lot of people thought it was Sauron himself. Of course, it's all just a, because it was. A, it's you know, so obviously a. Yeah, uh, mis- misleading. Misleading because they're yeah. villainous and they have. Yeah, yeah. Giant they th- thought even the witches uh, thought that he was Sauron. Right. And when they said like our Lord Sauron, and then he cut to the credits and the episode started and you couldn't find out yeah. until you see it. It was just it was an unnecessary like twist. Like we we already knew that he wasn't Sauron. Right. Like he talks like again Gandalf. arrogance. Right. Arrogance yes, on the arrogance. screenwriters to be like, this is the twist that you thought it was. And it's like, no, we, we're five steps ahead of you. We know who this guy <laughs> is. You're not convincing anyone. But again, the, the cleverness, the, and this is why it feels like a committee of writers, the yeah. cleverness of Halbrand being like a poor man's Aragon yeah. 
being <laughs> being uh, challenged. And and yes. I liked it when he turned into someone villainous, and he's like mm-hmm. saying, "You could join me," and and all this stuff. But then, okay, <laughs> this is this is so stupid. So Sauron, okay, <laughs> right? Galadriel's mortal enemy. The person yes. that she has, who nearly drowned her in a puddle yeah. of water. Not only like he's the Dark Lord, but he also killed his brother. Yeah, yes. Her bl- pr- brother. Has advised Celebrimbor to make some rings, okay? To the, rule over the flesh. T- titular rings of power, Tylon. Oh. They have to be in the show. Oh. oh. <laughs> That's what it was. But Galadriel needs to wear one of them at some point. Uh-huh. Uh, Kate Blanchett. Uh <laughs> So, how do we, how do, how do we get them to make the rings? But Galadriel knows that the person who wanted the rings made is her mortal enemy. Mm -hmm. Eleven, I came up with like fifty, not fifty. We came up with like three different ways they could have handled this. The rings are already made. She she's too late to warn them. The rings are already made. She is attracted to the allure of them. Um, she is seduced into just agreeing to do it. Yeah. She uh, is incapacitated. She's in a jail somewhere. I don't know. She, her big idea is, oh, these rings that Sauron, my mortal enemy, has said we should make. We should make one extra one. No, two extra one. No. They were she, making one. No, they were going to make two. And then she say, three will... Be oh, better because yeah. it's the ends of a triangle. No, no, they were talking like one would be like corrupting. Yes. Two would be dividing. Yes. Three would be compromising. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> that's why they made three. <laughs> and I'm just like Galadriel, what happened? What happened to you? You were like, just stop it. Just break the. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Here's another one. Just destroy it. They need the ring because of the ticking clock element because all the elves are going to die. And she realizes, like, something to establish why yeah. everyone is suddenly okay with this. Because, even, and it's so, it's so visual, oh. Tylon. When, when it's being made, you see the eye of Sauron in the oh. lava when it's being forged. It's like, yes, stop forging them. You know that it's bad. <laughs> but by the time... Celebrimbor is making the rings. Like you can't go back. Like, <laughs> She's just watching it. No, you can't. You can't mess with <laughs> Celebrimbor. Shoot work. an arrow at the smithing. <laughs> but it's there because they gotta friggin' make them because it's the name of the show. And so I guess in season two he's gonna go hang out with the dwarves and yeah. be like, "Hey, you should make like seven of these." By, <laughs> <laughs> by the way, the rings are called Narya, <laughs> Nenya, and Vilia. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> I just like the idea of just a really quick scene of Sauron showing up with the dwarves and going, make seven rings. I mean, why not? What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> the salesman of Middle Earth, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, these ring things are really I mean, elves going place. this stuff with your stuff. Yeah. Just do it yourself. Just do it. What's Seriously. <laughs> trust me. I mean, I look like Aragorn. Anyway. <laughs> you can trust me. That was really stupid. Yeah. And that kind of, for me, undermined the cleverness of the Sauron reveal because yeah. it didn't really matter. It was a it was a cool mm-hmm. few scenes, and you already knew. and and it ends with Galadriel really not really not understanding what was happening, yeah, um, and not setting up how that could have happened. Like we I wrote we wrote several versions of it. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to think of how these rings could be made, her to wear them, her to be attracted to them, unbeknownst to her being against it, you know. But she's just like, oh, let's make one more. One, one more, two more. Two more. Might as well. I mean, he's gone. I mean, so he can't do anything bad. It's we like need these to fight him, you know. Celebrimbor, you were acting a little strange earlier today, but now I think you're on the straight and narrow. I think you understand yeah. <laughs> what's going on. <sighs> How about Gandalf? What about Gandalf? How about the reveal of him? Do you, I, do you remember the quote? He suddenly could speak English very well. Yeah, after after he fought those witches, though. Like, those witches, you know, they triggered back his the language, language ability. <laughs> <laughs> 
he's suddenly like that's why they were there like yeah they, yeah. they, they mistaken they, him for sauron and they triggered his language part in his brain and he started to speak you sound fluently. vaguely like ian mckellen now congratulations yes also uh talking about ripoff i mean it, it was not a mystery because the stranger you know you don't know who it is but he's dressed like gandalf he's shot like gandalf yes like you, even the angles yes. even how he talks how he looks uh well during the f- one of the first few episodes he gets angry and he's like oh and you know uh, it's a good impression effa- yeah. effa- affects the climate and it suddenly starts you know raining and stuff it's Gandalf. It's w- when we see him in the yeah. OG series, OG trilogy. He could be Sauron. He could have been. <laughs> <laughs> still, <laughs> he still could be. What we, a we twist! Might, what a twist! Halbrand is Gandalf. <laughs> yes, Halbrand. Halbrand is Gandalf. Um, he grew out his beard. Yeah, and when he was revealed, like we already knew who he was because he wasn't Sauron at that time. Like we, yeah. we, we established that. It's screenwriters established yeah, yeah. that for us, thanks to them. Yeah, and like he said, "Oh, we're gonna, we should go that way." And our Harfoot asks, "Like, why? Why the air is softest that way? Like, my, you, you should always trust your nose when you don't know where to go." That's Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah, yeah. Alev came up with a better version of that too. What if she said it? You should always oh, follow yeah. your nose. And then he, like, learned that from her and then put that, like, they even mess up, like, some of the fan fan servicey stuff. Like, yeah, true. Just, that could have been interesting. Yeah, yeah he, like, learned better, it from the least. Harfoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a, what a sweet connection. True. Instead, it's yeah. just him saying the same line. That could maybe also enforce in his um, admiration and love for yeah. hobbits Well, as that's well. what they're implying. Yeah. Yeah, he's learning a lot of stuff from them. Yeah, like, like yeah. how your nose works. How your nose works and how... How does he even know how to smell? He, he barely could yeah. function a few days ago yeah. or, or months ago. We, again, the time, we have no idea. We have no <laughs> idea how long he's been there. So, yeah, that, that was cringy too. Yeah. Again, a lot of money. A lot of money. A lot of time invested in making it and us watching it. Uh, a good esque performances as good as they can be what do you think about like uh, before we uh yeah this episode, i'm sort of you, summarizing yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you think about the reveal of balrog in kazatun that just felt like a bait and switch of like hey check out this balrog okay uh, bye i was thinking like we, we uh i talked about this with my friends as well like i, I wasn't sure like does balrog appear like that before or are they just showing it to rip off the trilogy? I again? think the implication is that is the minds of Moria. Yeah, but still, like it would. It w- That's all it's there for. Yeah, the issue is time for me again. Was that at that time? I don't know. See, I it's just. I, oh, it's Balrog! It's the original trilogy. They, they put like, it in the trailer to to make. I think was they it put in the, the trailer. I think they put the Balrog in the Rings of Power trailer. Oh. To be like, hey, they might see a Balrog if you oh. watch this. <laughs> <laughs> we just, know you love your Balrog. You just see a glimpse of it. Going back to the original trilogy, by the way, um, there's some special effects in that that don't really look good. Like the wargs don't look very good. There's some green yeah. screen. I have no idea what sort of technical wizardry they did to make that Balrog look so good. It still looks amazing. I, I yeah. think it's a practical effect I think or so. something, but I would recommend anyone who's a fan Rewatch the Fellowship and just look at that Balrog. It looks stunning. And that, yeah. I don't forget when that movie was made, but I don't know how how they made that Balrog look as good as it did. Yeah, it anyway, is, it is VFX. It is practical. It looks really good. It holds up well. It does hold up well. So, m- probably holds up better than Rings of uh, Even Power. Even the whole Balrog scene from the Fellowship of the Ring holds up better than the whole first season of the rings of power <laughs> well everything i mean it, it's not even comparable yeah I, and i say all this you know being intermittently entertained by it the, some of the visuals i could watch a whole show about a dwarf uh-huh. and an elf getting along um and again it's, it's one of those frustrating things where there's nothing objectively seemingly wrong from moment to moment but there's uh-huh. this this intangible feeling that it's all off 
slightly. Yeah. And it has to do with these like plot holes or boring characters in terms of how they're written. Unnecessary characters. Unnecessary characters. And it just culminates again into a, yeah. into a giant seeming waste of your time with some cool, like this podcast episode, with some <laughs> cool um, cool ideas thrown in there. And it, yeah. it's, it's very... First Again, draft. It's a good first draft. It's a good first draft. That's a good way of putting it. And they didn't. They had a good outline. They didn't figure out how to connect some of the pieces, and yeah. they had to stretch it way, way past its breaking point. Yeah, like it, I'm. A lot of my, uh, like I said, I talked about this with a lot of yeah. friends. They're saying that they're not even gonna watch season two uh, because. Like their news producers are saying, "Oh, season two is gonna be better." <laughs> like, that's not how you PR your sh- show. Like, uh, can we bring back that weird-looking witch lady? Because I like oh, her yeah, vibe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just a whole show about her. It's yeah. it's Durin and she was Elrond. Very powerful as well. El- Elrond and Durin who have to fight the witch lady. If the whole show is that, yeah. I'll watch it. Just like little mini. Stories like don't tie it into the yeah. fellowship. Just different races having to get along. Fun action set pieces here and there. Because, like you said, the contrast between those characters, like how they perceive yeah. life in yeah. general, are so different from one another that it's interesting. But it yeah. doesn't. They don't. They're one of yeah. four different stories. Yeah, you can't you can't spend as much time as you want yeah. to, and and maybe if we spent more time with them. It could get boring or written terribly, so maybe yeah. it's a blessing in disguise. I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm happy for everyone uh, who got their big break being in this, or yeah. I'm just I I I'm happy that um, you know that uh, a lot of people probably made some some money and some got some good PR, mm-hmm. but I just it is an effervescent nothing. With uh, with the that that Hellbrand thing, that was a moment I will admit where Eleven and I were like, "That's freaking cool," and then it was undermined by Gladrail stop making these rings. What are you doing? <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, check it out. It was a show. <laughs> <laughs> it was a show amongst many, and I think part of why it's so fascinating again is how much money was put into it, how much effort is clearly put into it. Uh huh. And it's this big, big IP, and and yeah, it yeah. just sort of sits there. If you want to just see and witness how you waste one billion dollars, that's yeah. a great show. Yeah, how do you how do you waste it in a way that's still not interestingly like it's not so bad it's good if that makes any sense. It's just <laughs> mediocre. Which yeah, is somehow worse. It. It's just somehow worse because you see yeah. the potential. You yeah. see the potential in a billion dollars. You know, <laughs> how much, how, what could you do with a billion dollars and Lord of the Rings? Yeah. This. This. <laughs> exactly. And you're just sort of like, I, I guess, I mean, why not? <laughs> Thank you, Tylon, for sitting with me to talk about it. Yeah, it I was, feel, it I feel fun. a huge weight lifted. Um, Off just, your shoulders. Yeah, because. I mean, I'm not the. I'm a. I'm a big fan of that original trilogy. I'm not like a huge fan of the. Uh-huh. I played. Uh, we didn't talk about it, but I played those Shadow of Mordor, Shadow of War yeah, games. Yeah, I played those as well. They're not canon, but they're still. They're better than this. They're, they're better than this. The writing in that, the dialogue. Well, the some of the. Well, ah, uh, your <laughs> war is not yet ended, Italian. I, I just still remember. They they make me. the they make the spider a sexy lady. Oh. oh. It just haunts me. I, I <laughs> It's as good, let's say. No, it's <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad that it, no, it's 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 Well you're interacting with it. It's a different exactly. form of playing it. I mean at um, least it's a game still. Right. Yeah. And the game design is cool. Exactly. But um the orcs are cool as well. The, and they're, they're funny guys. Yeah, they 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 have some charm to them. Um I just I uh it's just nice to it's nice to pay off i guess mentally with someone else the investment that you put into it even if it is this again nothing burger of a show it just it feels like it was worth it to put this to celluloid which is not literally what we're doing (laughs) it just feels like something came of it you know yeah so thank you for that um 
<laughs> and uh, see you in season two. Oh yeah. <laughs> Are you going to watch we're, season we're, two? I'm morbidly I, curious now. I think yeah, I'm curious as well because I mean I'm, I don't expect much, but I expect like top level mediocrity because mediocrity. <laughs> not not media. <laughs> That's like a, a a mediocre form of government. Yeah. <laughs> mediocrity. <laughs> mediocrity. <laughs> I mean, they can they can make that even if it's not a word. Or <laughs> they can do that. That's basically all the government systems that were in yeah, this show. Like, like, <laughs> like um, because uh, that Walter White bit is interestingly bad. At least that at least that actor will get more of a chance to be yeah. have more of a varied performance. Shout out to Robert Aramayo. Who was? Uh, Let's Ned mention Starks. Galadriel. Uh, uh, can you we yeah. shout out again the the now? I mean, it's late to do this now. The yeah. Elrond guy. Yeah, Robert Aramayo is Elrond. Okay, who used to be uh, Ned Stark's uh, young version in the Game of Trees. Uh, Game Game of Trees. Uh, that's a, another show. <laughs> Game of Thrones. Um, Game of the Rings. Game of Thrones. <laughs> he was in one of the flashbacks. Morfit Clark, who was Galadriel. Yes. And there are a lot of actors. I'm just pointing out, like the main characters. Yeah. Charlie Wickers, uh, Halbrand slash Sauron slash Aragorn. Aragorn. <laughs> um, ben Walker, Gilgalad, who was the Elven King. Uh, Charles Edwards, Celebrimbor, Owen Arthur, Durin, Prince Durin. Yeah, he was, was great. a nice character. Max Baldry, as we mentioned, uh, is Isildur. And Daniel Wayman. The stranger who was—he was good too. It was Gandalf. He was good, yeah. He was convincingly a young Ian McKellen. That's one of the frustrating parts of the series. Like the yeah. actors are really just killing themselves to put on a inject good show. some life into these really yeah. boring. And they do in a some in some fashion. Somewhat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so shout out to them. Shout out to them. Hopefully they'll get better work. Another that's our episode. You Made Me Watch That is a production of the Department of Communication to Design at Bill Kent University. You can support the podcast by subscribing <laughs> with your fa- subscribing is the word. I can do the outro. No, no, no. I'm, I'm halfway through it now. Okay. It's perfect. With your favorite audio app and by following the Bill Kent Cinema Society on Instagram. Bill Kent Cinema, all one word. Our cover art was designed by Denise Vadi Tungur, and our weekly thumbnails are designed by Ali Aaron Chalabay. Our theme music was composed by... Who you can follow on Instagram and Spotify. This episode was produced by Tylan Ockel. Me. And <laughs> me. And uh, thank you for joining me, Tylan. Yeah, and the Bill Kent Cinema Society with extra secular to our tech wrangler, Ostan Akar. And now over to you, Tylan, as our special guest with any sort of special thanks. Of course. I- I'd like to give a special thanks to Jeff Bezos for, you know, making this <laughs> making this possible with Amazon money. Um, thank you, and- Jeff. Like he he obviously has a lot of money to you know waste and he thought of a cool way of you know wasting it. They just threw all their money into Mount Doom, as it were. Yeah. And it was it's I guess in a certain way it's fun to watch it all burn. Thank you, Tylon. Thanks, Wicca. <laughs>